Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Gonna do this thing again. It's been a little bit, you know, shit's been hectic. I get time sometimes, and other times I don't. More times than not, I don't. So, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got a couple things to cover real quick. Um, Shaheen wrote up these questions for me. There was a couple that I had planned on talking about, you know, previous. So, you know, I obviously have a little bit more to say about those things when I get to them. But so I'm just going to go off in the order that they're in there. Uh, uh, Chris Dickinson and NJPW. From what I've seen, uh, it's dope. You know, I don't stay on top of that shit because, again, I, I think it's too late for me. I, I don't think that I can invest in wrestling again, even you know trying to. It just it doesn't cross my mind most nights to turn anything on like that. You know, if anything, I, I look for some kind of comedy or I'm watching old Stern Show stuff on YouTube or. Chip Chipperson or, you know, that type of shit. Because I'd, I'd rather laugh and shit like that than, than even, you know, watch wrestling or anything anymore. So there's, uh, it's, it's just become too distant from my my priorities, you know. 
And uh, there's sometimes I'll just be like, oh, let me see what they're up to. And then I'll go find the stuff that I know I'm going to like and I and I watch. But as far as just like taking a chance on a show and like turning it on and just hoping it's good, I think those days are behind me. So um, TJ gets his bags stolen. All right. So a lot of people ain't going to like this shit. Honestly, a lot of people ain't going to like this whole fucking show because I'm in a mood, so I got a lot of shit to talk. But uh, uh, TJ and Friends guy, he, he's, he does some, you know, filmography uh, stuff for these independent companies, and he's done a bunch of stuff with wrestling, you know, with these guys. Um, I, I've seen this guy for a while on the internet. I had to unfollow all this shit a while ago because to me it was just gross. He has like a shit fetish or something. So a lot of his posts and his videos have to do with like his kids smearing shit all over the house. And it seems to be a reoccurring theme. And it's just, it's not cute to me. You know what I mean, like that shit is just gross. So I, I like, I just disconnected from all that because I, I didn't want to see what fuck he was up to. But I know in the past he's had multiple different like GoFundMe situations. I think he, he burnt half his house down once. He doesn't seem like a super responsible dude. To be honest with you, I, I haven't seen a, a fucking single thing on his pages, you know, when I used to be friends with him um, on the Facebook. You know, I never knew him personally or anything, but uh, I never saw a stitch of anything that, that would strike me as a responsible parent. You know, it was all just like irresponsible, knucklehead, stupid asshole shit. And, you know, when you see a GoFundMe pop up, you're like, oh, shit, what happened? And, you know, that last time was like the, the house set on fire and his neighbor helped him climb out the second story window. And it just, well, some little wild shit from what I remember. But, uh, and I think he lost cats in the fire or some shit. Like, a lot of wild shit, you know. And I'm very big on taking personal responsibility for some shit that happens. Freak accidents happen, but if they keep happening to you, you a fuck up. You know, that's, that's just what it comes down to. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I feel like evidence is piled up and I'm just not feeling this dude. You know, I know a lot of people are friends with him and shit and that's cool. You know, maybe he's a super nice dude, great dude to hang out with or some shit like this. I don't know him like that, but seeing him from afar, that's not the type of dude I fuck with. You know what I mean? So I guess he left his fucking bag with his camera and shit at a, at a show with a thousand dollars worth of stuff in it and it was stolen. Which, no fucking surprise, because again, you're talking about the fucking wrestling business. You're hanging around a bunch of fucking dirtbags, and you leave your bag unattended and just think, what, nothing could fucking happen? The shit can't happen, so you're just going to leave it down there? Oh, and then what happened? Some shit happened? That's wild. So now all of your friends should come together on the internet and buy you more shit to be irresponsible with? Go fuck yourself. I, you know... The day I support a motherfucker like that, like I'll need fucking mental support because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking take my hard-earned money. You know, I I take personal responsibility for my shit. So like I'm not gonna go putting my fucking belongings down in a space where I can't trust the people who are in it. You know, what I mean, I'm gonna keep good fucking tabs on what I do. You know, and and then if some freak shit happens. Most times, I'm going to have to just take that fucking loss and figure that shit out. Uh, you know, the public outcry every time you lose fucking $5 or something, to me, it's it's insane. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you, like, I got some shit going on at work, right? This Thursday, because we got, we got a new CEO that came in, 
And, you know, when, when this type of thing happens, we have three branches and our up north branches are, are not nearly as, as dope as what I do where I'm at. And uh, it, it, it's not a good it's not a good situation. So the new guy comes in and, you know, he has a lot to fix and figure out. But meanwhile, you know, I, I've been there for 20 years. So on Thursday, I have a meeting where I, I got to I have to justify why we keep cats past two or three months, which could potentially be earth shattering for my world. You know, because, you know, I've worked with cats that, you know, when they first got there, they're bouncing off the walls. They're, you know, pinballing off the sides of the cage, um, trying to bite people. If you try to, you know, restrain them or hold them, I've, gotten these cats through that period got them to trust got them acclimated to us and are friendly enough that i would send that cat home with kids at the end of that whole situation within three four months you know and every cat needs a different amount of time and a different amount of uh you know attention and you know every situation is different but many a times this is this is the scenario where Within a handful of months, I, I take that cat, completely turn them around, and I could put that same cat in a home. Um, so I have to justify to this guy that doesn't really know me from fucking anybody on Thursday that that's, you know, that's what I do. And, and I'm going to go into great depth about what this shit means to me and everything like this. If this doesn't somehow, if this doesn't go the way that I needed to, I feel like my 20 years uh, just about 20 years may it'll be 20 will be coming to an end i i just what i do is you know i rehabilitate these cats and i find them homes i i i give them a, a new lease on life that wouldn't exist outside of me you know because there's different ways that i do things that it changes the course of their you know a cat that comes in really scared a lot of places would just justify just TNRing that cat, you know, fix that cat, send him back out into the wild. That's his life. He lives out there. You know, this same cat I'm taking and, and within a few months I'm working with this cat, sometimes a few weeks, you know, I'm taking this cat, getting them to come around. And now that cat gets to go live healthy and happy in someone's home and not worry about running from predators and cars and, finding somewhere to be when it's freezing cold and, and the rain's pouring, the winds are whipping, snowing, you know, that doesn't have to be their life. And I, I pride myself on that being the deal. But if I can't do that because, you know, I'm handcuffed out of that situation, I'm fucked and I don't know where my life goes next. So believe me, if you see a fucking GoFundMe for me, it's for a genuine fucking reason to try to keep the fucking house above uh, the roof above my head. That I try, you know, I, I'm paying this fucking mortgage here and I got some shit going on that that's going to prevent me from doing that. And I don't have another option. If you see some shit for me, it's going to be something like that. Not I was at a wrestling show, put my shit down, acted like shit couldn't happen. And next thing you know, oh, fuck, I lost my shit. Oh, wow, that's really sucks. OK, now everybody pay for my shit. Now, and again, I know these GoFundMes aren't set up by the person who lost the shit. Generally, it's their friends doing it. But. I don't know. It just—I know I took that in a lot of directions, but it just—it it just strikes me as fucking corny as hell. Um, 
start taking responsibility. Be a fucking adult. Uh, speaking of, Austin Aries at Pro Wrestling Universe unmasked, encouraging others to do the same. Fuck this guy. Fuck Jack. Fuck all of these motherfuckers. Um, and let me find the, the, the fucking post real quick so I can go like, over that. I just posted it on my Facebook the other day, so I know it's like right here. So they, they put up a message on their thing telling the fans that uh, this would be the deal. It says, a message from Austin Aries. If you are coming to the wrestling universe, he will not be wearing a mask for photos. And he urges you to drop all of your mask for the photo op and take it off. And the punctuation is crazy. Like every other word is capitalized. And um, Come down and say hello from 3 to 5 p.m. And then, like, they did the thing. And then he posted, like, some shit on his fucking Twitter or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, Twitter. It says, Austin Aries signed tinfoil hats were a hit today at my signing in New York. I spoke to many who strongly disagree with the handling of COVIDs and see the agenda for what it is. All smiles being able to remove their face diapers while visiting and taking photos. Hashtag none of this is real. Like. Eat a fucking dick. You know what I mean? You shithead. And, and it's just crazy. You're putting people at risk for the sake of a fucking photo op at a wrestler. Who, who seemingly can't hold a job fucking anywhere. Because he's such a dick. That that's just his MO. Get the fuck out of here. Why? Like why the fuck. Are there people still allowed to do this shit out here? And then, you know, that's the thing is people scream about their fucking rights and this and this. But, like, someone needs to rein these assholes in. Because we're not going to get past this shit if you have assholes running around like that. And not only being reckless themselves, but encouraging others to be reckless. And if you're the guy hosting that fucking event, you're a fucking asshole too. Jack. You know what I mean? It's fucking bananas. But, you know, you should already know that because, you know, Jack's a guy who's been, you know, in business with Danny D'Amato for fucking 25, 30 years. Like, you know, it's been a long fucking time he's been doing wrestling business with Danny D'Amato. If you've been hanging around that dude for decades, I already know I ain't fucking with you. So it's just kind of what's to be expected out of that, that, uh, that that's that think tank i guess you call it you know it's just fucking crazy but yeah fuck that guy um and all of that shit those are the type of motherfuckers who get their shit shut down and now when i hear about like oh they can't open the businesses yeah good fuck them that's why because you're acting like this shit doesn't apply to you just because you feel like it like go fuck yourself it's not this isn't your world bitch um AEW is doing Moxley versus Omega and exploding no rope bar wire match. And this this will be super gimmicked out. I mean, it might look good, I, you know. And I I think when it comes down to it, that's all it really takes is for it to look good. But th this TV version of Deathmatch Wrestling is, you know, for people who know the deal, you know, people who've seen actual you know Japanese death matches and these deathmatch tournaments and all of that. This is the 
you know, the, the PG TV version of that. And it's, you know, it got a little blood and they get a couple like legit cuts and stuff, but they seemingly keep it pretty tame. So the, the, you know, death matches, you get those like random cuts that are just like insane gashes. And you're like, Oh shit, that wasn't supposed to, you know, you don't see too much of that on the TV death match scene. So it's just, I don't know. I, you know, hopefully for them and whoever's tuning in to enjoy it, they do it well. There's a lot more money behind that one than probably any exploding death match in the history of wrestling because I think Tony Khan's got more money than BJW did at any point. And, um, you know, even old FMW, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of money was involved in that. I don't know shit about their accounts, but Tony Khan's got a shitload of money. And if he wants to invest in this, you know, it's like nothing. Man. So, um, Muppets are offensive now. So Muppets, the, um, uh, the Muppet show started streaming on Disney plus last week. Uh, and that's all five seasons. For those who don't know, only the first three seasons were available on DVD for decades for a long fucking time. I, I personally hadn't seen seasons four and five since I was a kid. You know, um, those, you know, episodes all aired from late seventies, early eighties, the, you know, the Muppet show. And then I think they just kind of got replayed through the years. Cause you know, I, I, I'm not just remembering the Muppets from my first two years of life or anything, three years. So, they replayed those for a lot of years, but uh, I hadn't seen it since then. So, and the problem with that was they couldn't just release these things on DVD because it had so many musical guests and songs that were copyrighted and stuff. Each episode would have cost them so much money to release that it just wasn't worth it. So it became like this stuff that you just didn't have access to. There was people who would sell these bootleg burn DVDs off the internet, but I never felt so good about that, so I never grabbed one of those. But so anyway, Disney Plus has all of them streaming on on their their uh, their app there. So I think that's that's fucking awesome. Um, some people are losing their shit because there's a disclaimer before a couple episodes, you know, saying that it's offensive. You know, it, it could be offensive to some people, and a warning, and this and this. I don't have a fucking problem with it. I have a problem with if they removed episodes because they felt that would be offensive. But like in, you know, in one episode, again, this is late seventies, early eighties, one episode, I think Johnny Cash was on it or something. And they had like a, a Confederate flag in the back. Okay. So there you go. Your warning is just for that. Your, your warning is just like, just in case you're offended by what's going on here and understand that, you know, the shit was a long time ago. We don't mean any harm. And that's it. And, and then it just still stands as is. You don't lose shit because they can't possibly, you know, risk offending someone. So anything that might be offensive, let's just remove it from existence. I hate that shit. That's that, that's that sanitizing our entertainment shit that I don't need them to do for me. You know, I'll figure out what I want to see and what I don't want to see. And if there's too much of what I don't want to see in something, then I'll pick something else. You don't have to fucking remove all this other shit because maybe some of that's something i wanted to see that you you know you took out especially when you start playing with comedy because you know comedy's no holds barred 
you know, real, real deals, you know, stand up comedy. But if you pulled out just the jokes about this thing, okay, but then these people are offended by the jokes about this thing. And, and you keep going until there's nothing to even watch. You know, it's, it's a slippery slope with that stuff. So I don't give a fuck with disclaimers they want to put up as long as I get to watch it as it was intended. And that's it. And, and I don't think it's like a crazy statement that they're all oh, the Muppets are offensive. Eh, nah, I mean, it's, a, it's just kind of clearing their name. It's just kind of putting something up there to be like, just in case you're going to start talking shit. We see it, too. We ain't about that, though. You know what I mean? Keep it moving. And that's it. Like, kind of address it, get it out of the way, and then that's it. The Mortal Kombat trailer looks fucking dope. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that, but I think, uh, I hope the movie's as good as the trailer is. That's all I can say, because, you know, the trailer was put together really well, where they gave you good teases of all these characters and a little touch of the storyline that was going on and got you like, oh, shit. And the effects were looking great. You know, I, I think it's going to be really, really fucking cool to see. I'm hyped about this um, straight to HBO Max deal. I, I really fucking like that. And I guess they're doing that with some Disney movies, Disney Plus. And, um, but I think you have to pay the extra or something. But either way, straight to my television where I could rent it, even if I'm, I'm paying to rent that movie, I think is, is dope. Because I, I way rather be home than out with motherfuckers. And I understand the giant screen and the vibe and the popcorn and shit like that. We got to get an oil popper in this bitch so we can eliminate one of those fucking problems. But I understand like somewhat of the movie experience. But I way more like my home experience. So, you know, 65-inch TV, the fucking sound bar and a bass speaker in the back. And just fucking lounging with your family. Ain't nobody going to pop off, start talking shit during the movie, you know. I can control my room, and then and I'm good. I could have the heat right where I want it. I could have the blankets where I want it. Yeah, I could lounge, eat whatever I feel like, you know. It's just, I, I like the comfort of that shit. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on that. So, they got the, the Tom and Jerry's coming out. This this month, the 26th, I think. So that's like next week, I think. And then uh, Godzilla and Kong are coming out like a couple days after my birthday. And then Mortal Kombat, I think, is after that. And then I think they got the, like the Matrix 3 or some shit after that. So there should be some pretty cool stuff coming up on there. And, you know, they're putting full production into these movies. This isn't just straight-to-TV bullshit movies. Back in the day, that's... That's all you got. Like it's like, oh, this is going right to the, you know, the HBO. Okay, it's not quite a sequel. We don't count three, you know, that type of shit. But now we're getting legit fucking movies, you know. Um, eight gets shot in a septa bus while it's snowing in Philly. That's wild. I didn't even hear about that, but. Yeah, the violence has been out of control in Philly for a while. And um, a lot of these these cities, you know, it's just on some bullshit. I don't really know the answer to control it. I, I think a lot of it just really has to start within the community taking charge of their own space. Because authorities, you know, it's such a standstill between authorities 
and uh you know the urban areas and you know shit shit goes down and the other side is considered an enemy amongst them you know someone you respect comes to you and gets you to cut some shit out you know you might stand a chance but it doesn't you know it's not as easy as that it, it takes consistency um it takes you know a direct effort to get people into legitimate jobs whether they have to get out of that area or not and you know it's going to take a real effort a joint effort by an entire community you know if it's if if that's what's going on that's what you have to do and it, it's been fucking violent for a while and you know you see that shit on the Philly news all the time another shot three shot four shot uh, a eight-year-old shot, a nine-year-old, a four-year—I mean, it's it's terrible. There's got to be an end to it. But the the way that the world's going, this shit ain't stopping anytime soon. You can only hope it's not one of your loved ones. You know, I, that's what I started to really wrap my head around that type of thing for a while, and you know, just altercations and getting into it with motherfuckers because, you know. I'm more physically capable to fuck somebody up now than I ever was in my life. I'm, I'm in the best shape I've been in ever. And, uh, you know, I'm smarter and I've, I've taken some losses. So I know, you know, what I should watch out for and all of that stuff. That doesn't make me some championship fighter or any, any stupid shit like that. Definitely not putting myself on that type of level, but I could fucking hurt somebody. No question. But, I'm too smart for it now because I understand that the most important thing in life is just get the fuck back home to your family. Shit could escalate so quick and you don't even have that opportunity. You know, it's like next thing you go from arguing to scuffling to something pulls some shit out of the car, you know, or, or you're like those fucking two assholes that get shot in the snow on that video. You know, it's like, yeah, you go run in your fucking mouth. What are you going to do? Fuck you. Fuck you. And then life over. Yeah. And you don't get to do any of the go home shit you planned on so fuck all that petty shit fuck all of that extra shit man i'm looking to just get the fuck back home chill out watch some fucking tv do my thing yeah i mean why would i want to do anything to jeopardize that comfort you know and just be with your fucking family you know it's just not going to be me i don't i don't you know, I've been around enough of that shit and, and been a knucklehead enough to get into it with somebody over some stupid shit. It's just, you got to advance past that and you still got to hope that your number ain't just fucking called because shit can go down. Shit can just go down and you get caught in a crossfire or something, you know? But at some point or another, we just got to try to fucking extend our number because there's only so many years we get on this planet and... You know, if you act like shit can't happen to you, it's, it's more than likely going to happen. Sooner than later. A 52-year-old former old man that's almost seven feet turns woman and plays with the girls. Oh, yeah, this is, uh, I think this is an old thing. This dude looks like uh, Balky from the fucking Perfect Strangers. And he's out there just, like, dunking on these chicks and shit. And, uh, yeah, it's wild. I actually saw it posted up somewhere forget if it was like the stern page because everything everything's political now like it, if you go on like adam carolla's fan page everything's political you know he's more right-leaning uh, howard stern's more left-leaning so regardless it's 
left-leaning people attacking Corolla on Corolla's page. It's right-leaning people attacking Stern on Stern's page. And, and it's just like every day you just pop on one of those group pages and it's like, oh, this is just politics shit going on. So I don't remember which side posted it, but I saw that posted somewhere. And they were using that as like their, this is the shit Biden wants. And it's like, well, just because, you know, Biden signed some shit into law that is asking for equality, is asking for equal, equal opportunities, doesn't mean that this specific thing is right. And now, meanwhile, like, this dude chick whatever and, and yo he still looks like a dude and everything so fuck all of that i ain't trying to hear that oh it's a girl now you should say it's a she it looked like balky bar talking us on the fucking court dunking on on these these broads out there were you fucking kidding me you know so this dude's out here looking crazy and uh you know i, I i'm not i'm not with that you know if your girl is trying to excel in basketball and they're they're taking it to new heights the next thing you know balky's just fucking abusing her on the fucking court that's a quick way to crush your dreams you know on the way up through that college rankings and maybe that knocks her fucking points down a little bit you know maybe you know scouts aren't gonna look at her for something because this dude is owning her on the court he's got her number he, he's uh he's jordan she's Clyde Drexler, you know, every time he sees her, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm taking her down. Like, the fuck, man? <laughs> this shit is crazy. So, I'm not with that. And that's not about, you know, uh, bias or, or bigotry or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it, it's what's fair is fair. And that shit isn't, that shit isn't alright, all you know? cross over your your genitals and you're, you're still you're still a dude yoking on on chicks on a basketball court crossing them over and shit hard as hell they falling on their titties and shit it just doesn't make a lot of sense man you know um you know equality to the, the extent where like yeah like i'm not trying to hold you back from an opportunity but your opportunity doesn't exist in women's basketball because look at look at anatomically how you're built and they're built you know, you're like Vladi Divac out there. And, and you know what I mean? The, the, everybody's Spud Webb and they can't jump like him. You know, shit is fucking crazy, man. Um, blood sport happened, question mark? I don't know, question mark. Um, I think so. I think Dickinson fought Jeff Cobb, which I'd really like to see, but I'm not paying for it. Um, so, there's that. And I think um, uh, British Bulldogs kid Harry Harry Smith, right? He fought uh, Mox. So you know, they had some dope ass pictures that came out of that too. I don't know if they set this shit up like way more as like a film set, like um, like made for that type of production, because that shit looked dope. That shit looked real dope. It had this like weird red lighting to it and shit, and just looked like way like underground. Like there wasn't even people in attendance, which you know I'm sure there were, even if it was just the wrestlers and shit that were there. Which I'm pretty sure they just had attendance, but I don't know. But uh, shit looked really dope. Shit looked cool as hell. But nah, I mean it's like you know I got the IWTV thing, and 
and I got the um, NJPW thing. And I barely watched either fucking one of them. So, like, if I got this shit and you're not on that shit, I'm definitely not paying for an extra shit. You know? It, it, it just doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. What I'm already paying for doesn't make any fucking sense. So, you're not going to get me on a single event that costs as much as that month's subscription. It's just not fucking happening, so... I'll just not see it and hope somebody tells me about it or shares it or some kind of shit because it is what it is. Uh, Marilyn Manson's album skyrocket after rape allegations. That's fucking crazy. Um, here's my thing. Everybody kind of knew to deal with this dude for a long fucking time. He was a creepy ass dude. He was all about that, you know. His sweet dreams and some of them like to be abused. You know what I mean? All that bullshit. Like, you, you should already know the, the deal with this dude. I don't understand skyrocketing sales. Um, I also don't co-sign like never listening to his music, you know, because in the same breath that I would tell you, like, I, I would still listen to Marilyn Manson's got a good handful of songs that I like. It's just bangers, you know what I mean? It's just, they fucking, they got that just energy, that fucking anger behind them, and they're dope. I like them, but you know, I'm, I, I, there's almost nobody that I like a whole album of or anything like that, but this is one of those like rock dudes that like I can get into some of his shit. Good, probably eight songs total, if I were to really like get down to it over his whole career. But, um, but I would say, yeah, no, those are still good songs just because he's a complete piece of shit as a human doesn't make them not good songs. Um, you know, DMX, like I, I hope he dies. Like I've said that on this show so many times. I really hope he dies soon. Like overdose, gets hit by a fucking uh, one of those septa bus where people are shooting each other on it. Whatever it's got to be, I, you know. I, I hope he dies like fucking painfully because he, 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 you know, he tortured dogs and you know the dog fighting and all of that just terrible shit he he did. Neglected dogs that wound up in in one of our shelters and shit, and you know, we we've seen pretty up and close and personal the type of shit that DMX was up to, and um, yeah, I, I hope that dude dies. But his fucking music is fire, bro. Like that's that's that shit. I'm not gonna wear a DMX Scully around or some shit. Um, you're not gonna see me with a DMX shirt on. But I fucking I play songs. The fuck, man. It, like. If we're going to figure out whether this person is a good person as well as whether this is a good song, I think we're going to be down to not a lot of music, you know, because, you know, when it comes right down to it, where's, you know, where's the line, you know, I could say what offends me and what offends other people and this and this, but like, you know, look at the way that this, this cancel culture and everything is kind of turned, right? And again, I'm believe me, I'm saying that these both of those dudes that I just mentioned, now if they die, they did deplorable shit, and there's no debating on whether that shit is bad or not. You know that that shit is real deal. Fuck them, but I'm gonna still rock those songs. Like I'm not gonna like pause Bob in my head for a minute to the track when I hear he dies. I'm be like, all right, my dog dog You know what I mean? Like I'm just gonna keep bopping. Like it's just like it didn't even happen. But that doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the song. But, um, but what the fuck, where the fuck was I going with that? Um, but yeah, I don't understand the, uh, the, the increase in sales either. You know, that, I, that I don't get. 
Um, I, I just I don't understand that. Um, but but oh, what I what I was getting to was um, what if you start going down the road of oh well these the women were treated unfairly because how many years of groupies went on where they treated them like absolute garbage. You know, got this one, got that one, fucking double team this one, threw them off the bus, fucking left them out on you know here, and you know threw them outside of the hotel, did this shit, like you know, like a lot of dirty shit went on. I mean, you're just gonna cancel like the entire rock and roll industry between a certain block of years. You're gonna find something within each band. I'm pretty sure. You know, I mean, it's just. You can go down the line and get dirty ass shit on pretty much everybody. And then, you know, the rap industry, you know, a lot of bullshit goes on. You know, just just grinding your way to, to, to get noticed. The, the type of circles you got to run into in there. I mean, forget it. I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is with the music for me. I'll, you know, I'll look at the person as I look at the person and, I, and I'll you know, either respect them or I won't respect them. And I said it, it would affect me none if, if this dude died. Luckily, he put out some music before he did that I like. And then there's his contribution moving on. Yeah. Um, Takashi 69 is back and runs up on Meek Mill calling him a pussy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I wish he would have got hit like that fucking, like those two jerk offs in the snow. You know, that guy. Because. I don't know what this Takashi do. Why hasn't he died yet? And I don't understand that. You know? I, I mean, I don't... I don't uh, encourage anybody listening to this to go, you know, do that or anything. Because, you know, that's I'm not trying to tie myself to that. Although I, I've learned from an ex-president that it's not really that big of a deal. Even if you tell people to do it and they do it, it's really not even a... But I just want to make sure people know that that's not what I'm saying here today. Um, but, yeah, um, I just wouldn't have been sad if it happened. Uh, so, the fucking, what, what's the name of this? I have to figure out the name of this thing. Uh, who the fuck sent it to me? I got a couple... It's the, the, the H2O show, but I'm trying to find the, uh, the pictures to the H2O show because it's uh, crucial. Make sure I go over it properly. Oh, here we go. Right? Oh, no. Where the fuck? Um, damn, I cannot fucking find it. I thought this was this dude. Nope. Um, Teddy Hart got arrested again. Uh, something with like, uh, endangering, uh, either a minor, a disabled person or an older person and then evading police. Cause that's like his bot. Yeah. You know I mean, when he. When he fucking gets run up on, he thinks he could just, like, outrun him and shit. He does all that backflipping and shit, but when it comes down to, like, actually getting away from the cops, that, sh that dude is not good at it. Um, 
But, you know, what more can you expect out of Teddy Hart? I just, every time I just hope, like, he stays the fuck in there for a long time and it's just, you know, not heard of again. I, I hate continuing to hear that he's alive, you know. It, it bothers me. So anyway, um, they had uh, rising stars and veterans. Uh, what the hell did they call it? One time only hybrid hardcore wrestling tournament. Uh, the heir to thy throne. So uh, they have a veteran. We're calling them veterans with rising stars. So let's go across these veterans because I felt like this is what stuck out to me so, so much to go. What the fuck are you, what are you doing? here? Like I, I guess it's, you know, it's Tremont's business to have to try to sell shit as gold. And I guess that's part of just like the carny business. But man, like it's just I, I can't stomach looking at that shit. I couldn't imagine showing up to that and just being like, yeah, it's the veterans and the Yeah. First off, okay, so veteran number one. G Raver. Oh, okay, cool. The guy who fucking severed his fucking arm half his fucking arm lost the feeling to his fucking hand because of his in-ring decisions and then went into a battle with a fucking an actual veteran in the wrestling business and wound up in a legal battle with them because he was so fucking unprofessional and needed to needle fucking Jim Cornette every chance he got instead of worrying about his fucking injury and his recovery that people poured into fucking GoFundMes and this and this he was worried about like I'm going to get the last laugh on Jim Cornette. Like, yeah, that's, that's the fucking vet I want to teach my fucking, my students and my, my young kids. Stockade. Stockade is a, is not a good wrestler. He's never been a good wrestler ever. He's a big block of a dude, but he, he doesn't fucking do anything talented. There's nothing good about what Stockade does. It just, it's unbelievable. Tremont loves the guy, but like the, he, he never belonged in CZW. No one liked him in fucking CZW. He showed up because they, they had a good match somewhere else, so they came and tried to do the same thing again. I saw that match live, and it was fucking garbage. Complete fucking garbage. And it was like, like cinder blocks and barbed wire and all sorts of shit. And they, they just... It, it wasn't good. But um, I, I've seen a handful out of him, and he's just nothing special. I was, I, a veteran? I, yeah, sure. I don't think just being a shitty wrestler for a bunch of years should make you a veteran. I don't think being a student for 10 years should make you a veteran. That just means you've fucking been here for a while. You know, like, if you just looked at, like, the shittiest employee in fucking Walmart, and then, like, he just stayed there for 10 fucking years and went, oh, he's, he's a veteran. Really? Is that the one you want fucking slicing your fucking deli meat or whatever the fuck? Yeah, the, if you had any, like, hopes of getting the fuck out of that store, you go into that guy's line who's drooling on the fucking the belt as it fucking spins around in front of him. This is why we have self-checkout. 
fucking people like that, veterans like that, is why we have fucking self-checkout. Because these guys will suck 10, 15 years down the road, you'll still be waiting for the fucking, the line to fucking go down. While they're yapping up with the fucking person, 18 people behind them. And they're like, oh, so how'd your day go today? As they slowly scan a fucking item. This is this is the veterans that Tremont's got in fucking H2O. Connor Claxton, yeah, he's another one, you know. It just the guy that went as far as the Danny Havoc Invitational, uh, what was it, the Nation of Intoxication Invitationals trial series. And it, it was like those three matches. You had one against Lucky, one against Dev, one against Danny. And they were all fucking amazing. He's never had a better match than those three matches in his in his career. And he's he's gotten fatter since then, and now he's just like this, you know, a grizzled vet. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know how we got there. Uh, low Life Louie, absolute vet. Absolute vet. I don't care for his wrestling because it's just, you know, that stab and fucking carve and walk around and all of that shit that I do with the butcher style stuff. But he's an absolute bad. He's been there, you know, in that business for so fucking long. And, you know, knowing that this dude could take the wrong hit to the head and, and just fucking die. The doctors told him and he's like, nah, I want to do deathmatch tournaments. So, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider him to be a super smart guy, but as far as being invested and passionate and, and also, a very, very respectful guy. Um, a guy who came up in the doghouse with homicide and this and this. So, you know, despite maybe not being my favorite type of wrestling or, or, or what it is, this is a guy who could teach people a lot because he's been around the best for a long time. So this is one of the few that I will 100% back and say, yep, okay, I got you on that. I agree. This is what your tournament was supposed to be is, is like this. Frankie Picard, what the fuck? He's a veteran now? Are you fucking kidding me? Frankie fucking Picard? I mean, you're clearly playing me. Chuck Payne, I don't even know who the fuck that is. He's definitely not a veteran of any sort that someone should be looking up to or Chuck Payne. As far as I'm concerned, if you haven't gotten yourself over as a wrestler in your fucking career, you shouldn't be training other wrestlers. Because you couldn't get yourself over, how the fuck are they getting over? So unless they show up to your fucking school with some shit that you never fucking had, and, and they, they just kind of pass through, and you're just not even really going to teach them everything that needs to be taught, they just kind of already naturally have that. Unless you get that, you're wasting everybody's fucking time at a school. So, like, for instance, I don't even know if it's, he's on this other list, but Preacher... Why the fuck is Preacher teaching anybody how to fucking wrestle when this dude botched constant fucking moves, botched himself to breaking his fucking neck, he, you know, took the fucking thing wrong on the fucking apron, broke his fucking shit, came back to no fucking pop. This dude was like applauding this dude's injury. Alex Cologne was applauding this dude's injury. And this motherfucker came back and, and everyone was like, mm, all right. There you go. No one was like, oh, shit, he's back. Dude, you could not get... And and then I heard, like, because I thought, when I first saw Preacher, I thought he, the dude was a student. But I'm like, this dude looks old as hell for a student. But, you know, maybe he's just one of those, you know, gotten by um, DDP. You know I mean, I just got in way late. I have a passion for it. Brother, let's go. You know, self-high-five. But 
you know, at the end of that, like, no, oh, he's not a student. He's just like one of the trainers here or some shit. And then he was still doing dojo war shows at best. Couldn't really be on a CCW show because no one was looking for that. And then when they forced him onto the card and he broke his fucking neck and then he came back and people still didn't give a fuck. And then he was doing a retirement match soon after. It was like, oh, okay. And then the one match he had a street fight with Alex Cologne and had the fucking call sheet in his back pocket. You can see like match listings on the shit. Like rolled up in his back pocket. Like, dude, don't don't vet me with that shit. Um Brandon Kirk. Come on, man. This fucking shit, man. Brandon Kirk. Fucking Jimmy Chondo Lion. All right. Here's another fucking guy. This guy blows. He's never been a good wrestler. He begged for a spot in tournament of death to a pathetic extent. Like, I know part of that is a gimmick, but in the same token, it was pathetic. It didn't come out with anyone looking good at the end of that. It, it was like CZW was begrudgingly giving him a spot in tournament of death to prove himself, and he got injured within a minute of the fucking match because he doesn't fucking take care of himself and immediately did something he couldn't fucking handle. And, and just got fucking hurt. And then came back and they did like a screw job fucking finish where he got the win because someone else came in and fought the match for him. And like that's like that's the extent of this guy. He's a super nice guy. He does good stuff with his, you know, his filming. He's a fantastic artist. But a fucking vet as far as a wrestler goes, who the fuck is you gotta look at a vet and be like, I would, I would hope to make it to what you made it to. I, I would hope to achieve the things you have achieved in this business. I would consider that to be a vet, you know. And, and that doesn't mean that they had to be main eventing WrestleMania or some shit like that. Like you want to talk about at this point a vet, talk about like a Black G's. G's, I mean, he's he's won the junior tournament. Uh, the yeah the. Best of the best tournament. He's had the junior title. He's had the tag titles. He's had the heavyweight title. He, he's dabbled in a few little hardcore joints. He's been on top of the fucking cage of death coming off of that shit. Multiple different angles. You know, this dude has wrestled some of the best talent in the fucking business. Has been around, you know, a lot of the fucking talent. And could pass on so much from, you know, and went from being a, a little tiny guy that was pretty much cornered in this this uh this niche which it was just like he was going to get thrown around by nate hatred he was just going to keep getting tossed around because that was the thing to do ruckus would pick him up and swing him at people and shit and then this dude focused on what he really wanted to, to be and he got in the fucking gym and he crushed shit and and look at him now you know and this dude has accomplished a lot you know not all the right places have used him or gave him opportunities on, on TV on any long-term program like he deserves. But in the same token, that same guy could teach one of these young guys a whole lot about the ins and outs and, and you know, what's not worth it to do or what is, or, you know, different ways to go about things and ring work, you know, is solid. So he, what he can teach you to be is, is a good fucking wrestler. I don't know what the fuck half of these guys are there for. Drew Blood, and again, you know, Drew Blood, you know, he did really well when he came in and he was attached to fucking Devin Moore's hip in CZW. And he had a good little feud with Pinky, and that's it. That's fucking it. And then he had no use in CZW at all. They were like, yeah, I don't think we have anything for you. And because uh, 
I guess Danny really likes him. So then Danny brought him into GCW over there, had like this grudge. <laughs> that was that show. He had a fucking grudge match with Drew Blood. And Danny's like holding light tubes up going, ultra violence, yes or no, to the crowd. And I was just like, this motherfucker has no idea what's corny and what's not corny at all. And then again, it was another one of these things like no heat. There was no grudge. There was no builded feud to it. There was no nothing. And at the end of the match, the two of them stood in the ring and just blew each other. Hey, man, I've always loved you. We're best friends. And saying you're always there for me. And it's like, dude, you started off this shit saying grudge match. No one knew there was a fucking grudge. You said there was a grudge. And at the end of the match, the two of you were just fucking love festing in the ring, hugging and fucking putting each other on the mic, putting each other over on the mic and all this shit. Who the fuck was looking for that outside of Drew Blood's fucking aunt? You know? The fuck kind of shit. So, he, yeah, he's a veteran. He'll teach you how to do some things. Mitch Ballon. When the fuck did Mitch Ballon stop being a student? This dude, did he make it onto the CZW cards at all before he left the fucking Dojo War CZW? You know? He was doing something with like a goat or something. Like he was fucking goats. I, I, was that his gimmick? He fucks goats? What the fuck kind of shit, man? He's a vet now? Is Are you fucking kidding me? Devin Moore. I would love to call Devin Moore a fucking vet that fits into this slot. Because he's done a whole fucking lot himself, too. But when a guy a couple years ago was fucking stealing people's wallets in the fucking locker room, then maybe I don't want to put this guy on my card as, as the vet that's teaching the young guy. And I don't think that you should stop booking Dev. I, I think Dev's a great dude. I think he, he's troubled with the fucking drugs, but... If you put him on your card, I don't have a fucking problem with it at all. But if you build some kind of tournament or some kind of uh, angle where the teacher is teaching the young one and he's, you know, he's the mentor. I don't think we should paint him as a mentor at the moment. You know what I mean? He, he just no-showed IWA Mid-South, fucking Ian's burying him, calling him drug addict, this and this. And, and again... I, I, you know, I shit on Ian when he did that. So I'm not taking Ian's side now whatsoever. But I'm just saying, like, maybe it's not the, the, the best time to just, you know, do this like like this. You know, uh, this this veteran. And and then Jeff Cannonball is the last one. And, and I honestly think this dude has a better window of getting famous drinking soda and hot sauce than he ever did as a fucking wrestler. I, I, it's 100% a hobby wrestler. You know, carve my fat body up every fucking month. I'll bleed a bunch. Oh, wow, look at that. He's crazy. And then at the end of it, he's just a fucking nice guy that gets into silly shit in his house with fucking sodas and whatnot. You know, but that silly shit to me has more entertainment value than what he does in the fucking ring. And always will. And, you know, I guess now he's going to teach somebody else how to do that same shit. You know. How to be, how to be a vegan and, and gain tremendous weight. I guess carbs aren't fucking. They're they're vegan. Carbs are vegan like a motherfucker. So, what can I tell you? Um. So so that's that's this fucking tournament that I guess happened already. I don't even you know. Who, who the fuck would know? But I this was one of those that you know uh, I think. Fucking uh, the captain Dave was like, "What are we gonna do?" Because they said uh. You know, we couldn't fit any more people in the building. Tremont's like, bullshit, show's on. <laughs> just, I don't know. 
It's fucking crazy, man. Um, what else did I have? I thought I had some other shit that I want to talk about. Um, new fucking uh, Conway came out. That shit is dope. What else, man? I, I can swear I'm missing some shit. Check out I Got You Five Stars, my boy Jeremy. Professor J. Straight out of Buffalo, like the Zelda boys. And, uh, he, you know, he'll lay down some shit with this wrestling stuff. He's, he's still way invested in it. You know, he's watching those fucking shows on the IWTV and whatnot. And he'll, he'll let you know about some shit over there. Um... Check out False Count Radio with Andrew Carluck. Check out Sozio, Struggling with Sozio. Check out Carson Wentz is gone. And they don't even respect him where he's going, the podcast. Uh, a wide receiver who I don't even know the name of decided our quarterback can't have his number. Second year in the league, and he's like, I don't give a shit about that quarterback. I'm number 11. The podcast. You know, uh, Jalen Hurst must be our future because there's no more options. The podcast. Check out my man Eric over there doing his fucking thing. Talking about a team that was described as a burning house. Or a burning building. I think uh, J.J. Watt mentioned is that that he wanted no part of going to philly because it's like a burning building i think jj watt was the one that said that um wise man uh but yeah you know it's gonna be a rough go for quite some time in philly and i couldn't be happier because i don't fucking like them so uh yeah so that's that's philly 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 all day right not today though uh, you know, Eddie Murphy was at the fucking top of his game comedically. He, he, his stand-up was fucking on top of the world. Dominating. And a rising star as an actor and everything, and he took the time to record and release a song that basically called his girlfriend a whore. You know? And I think he should take a lesson from that. I don't know what that lesson is. I, I did. I <laughs> I just thought about that the other day and I jotted it down because I was like, yo, that's some deep shit, man, because this fucking guy was really killing it. And you listen to Party all the time and he was really just letting this bitch know, like, hey, yeah, I tried my ass off to keep you here and you just want to go fuck motherfuckers. And, and I, I don't appreciate that shit. So here goes the song. Like, he went into production with that shit, made a video and everything. I'm talking about Eddie Murphy recorded the motherfucking song. I don't know if that was a whole album. I don't think that was a whole album. Wasn't it just that song, or did he actually put an album out? I'll have to look into that. Because I didn't I didn't do any research on that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's all I got. Um, oh, let me let me give you a cat story while I'm, maybe I'll I'll think of some other shit while I'm doing that. But um Smokey. Let's talk about Smokey. Smokey was a cat who was dumped on our property. And, uh, I want to say something about three years ago, soon after he was dumped on our property. Um, I made efforts and, uh, requests to want to trap him. 
I wanted to trap him and bring him in and work with him and get him a home. He didn't belong outside. Uh, that's what I said then. So I'll say now. So he uh, apparently one of the people who lived there took a liking to him, which I, I use very loosely because, you know, if you really like the cat, you'd want what's actually best for him, not what's convenient or comfortable for you. So they would give him a little bit of food and, and, you know, when they went out to smoke cigarettes at night and stuff, they'd see the cat and they just, they just got so used to him, see him being there that they fought to keep him outside and they won that battle. And some more time went on and this, this guy would walk around the property, wouldn't let you near him, but he'd rub up against the peacocks. I've never seen a cat friends with peacocks. This guy would walk around rubbing on the peacocks and shit. And, you know, although that was cute and everything was good, it just, it ripped my heart out to see this guy on a regular basis because, you know, when it was cold and you had to, you know, walk a little faster into the building because you, you didn't want to be out there in the cold, that's where he lived. When the wind was really whipping, when the rain was coming down, when the snow was piling up, when hurricanes were happening, when this and that, this, this is where this guy was. He was outside. You know, when you would see, like, I would see a fucking coyote, I'd see... Like, shit out there that I know was very capable of killing a cat. And he's just out there. And you just gotta hope the best for him. And turns out, one day over the summer, uh, something got him. And he had a couple puncture holes in his back end. I have pictures of it. And it really, to me, after looking at it, makes me think that a bird of prey tried to grab him. Because we got... We have hawks, we have owls, we have eagles. We have like straight up bald eagles around here. And um, I don't see them constantly, but to be honest with you, in the past five years, I've probably seen three of them. And before that, I don't know that I saw any of them. So it seems like maybe they're they're coming into this area more so. I, I don't know what that is, but I know we have, um, we have osprey out here too. Those... There's like nests down by the um, down by the bay, um, not far from my house at all. They have like these big, tall osprey nests, and they set up shop in there, and you can see them. They're they're impressive birds. Um, turkey vultures all over the place out here. So you know, there's a lot to go on. You know, for a cat that's outside, it's it's dangerous. So something must have grabbed him, and. You know, it wasn't your normal bite because, it, you know, the amount of holes in him didn't line up with like a top and a bottom jaw. It really looked like a big, giant set of talons. And Smokey's a bigger cat, so I don't think they were able to get him fully off the ground. Probably lost grip. And probably when they dropped him, he scurried under something and he was okay. But these, these wounds in his back end were really infected and uh, he was losing some weight. So we were able to bring the topic back up and we're able to get an okay to trap him. But because he had a bite wound of unknown origin is what we were calling it. He had to be quarantined for four months. And uh, that's to make sure you don't have rabies. So if we don't know what bit something, we have to hold them for four months to make sure that if it's rabid, uh, we would know about it. And, you know, time passing, you'll figure that shit out. You know, you'll, you'll see symptoms and, pretty severe stuff, neurologic stuff. The rabies really attacks the brain. So, um, yeah, you, you see some shit out of that. But, uh, 
so you know he, he it's 90 percent of the time too with a bite wound or anything like that things are fine they, they go through their quarantine period and they come out of it and everything's perfectly fine which was the case with smoking so it's actually it's technically a six month quarantine because it's a four month quarantine for rabies bites uh for you know possible rabies and then you have to do uh feline aids leukemia test six months apart so you do it when they come in but then you could send a cat home after four months, but then you have to tell them, well, you assume the responsibility of the feline AIDS leukemia test. So, like, if it comes up positive, then you have a positive cat. It's, it's your cat. That's not our, our deal now. And if you don't, you know, if, if it's negative, then you have a negative cat. But if they're already signing adoption papers, then that's, the, you know, that's what you run the risk of. So, it, it always turns out to just be in a six-month quarantine because I wouldn't put that on anyone to have them waiting for just to find out if they do or don't have a feline AIDS cat. I, I want them to figure that out before they adopt a cat, whether they're into that or not. You know, if they're up for that type of thing. And, you know, they could have other cats and want to make sure you don't infect your cats and everything. Um, even though feline AIDS is very, it's pretty safe to be around near cats if, you know, a cat has it and yours doesn't. The main thing is uh, deep bite puncture wounds and mating so if all the cats are fixed and there's no mating going on and you get a cat that actually gets along with other cats they could live in harmony with with no infection risk or anything like that like my my guys all chill out together i got three of them laying on the bed right by me and like they would never deep puncture each other that generally only happens with like the unneutered males the, when the testosterone's really riled up and they're fighting for dominance and mates outside that's when you get like the real deep punctures that would infect and things like that so that's that's the risk you run with that but um so so you take the the second test at six months so now this is a cat that you know when when i netted him because that's what we had to do um we coaxed him around back towards this fence area where you'd have to kind of run up an alley to get back out of that area so we had the one person go over and give him treats so we'd come up that that walkway and then me and Maria came in behind with, with nets and, uh, he ran my direction. I hit him, bam, got him right in the net and, uh, transferred him into the carriers. And this guy's, you know, pinballing back and forth. And he was a big bulky dude. So he was not, he was not a joke. You weren't gonna let that guy bite you. Um, so, uh, I took him into my cages and immediately it was just doubt, you know, it was just like, Oh, uh, hope he could work with them. Or I don't know. You know, like maybe he's going to have to go back outside. If he, if he's not adoptable, he's got to go back outside. And I'm like, dude, let, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, there's no failing happening. Here. You know, I just, you just let me do what I do. Just, just leave me alone with the cat, you know? And that's, that's it. So he sat in my area for six months. Uh, I got him to the point where he's rubbing all over me. I sitting on my lap, purring, super, super sweet. And the other day he went home. So that's, that's the way that works. Um, you can't fucking doubt me when it comes to, I, I would say don't doubt me at all because if I set my mind to something, it's, it's going to be a motherfucker when I find out that, that you're on the other side of it. You know, it's, I don't, I don't like to be doubted. I, I, I'm good at some things. And if, if you come for me on those topics, it's, it's not going to work out in your favor. You know, that's just, you know, I, I don't claim to be something I'm not. I don't 
you know, portray things that I'm not. So if I tell you I'm about some shit and you decide to test it, that that's your bad. And uh, when it comes to these cats, I don't I don't like taking failure. I don't like taking losses. And uh, I, I know how to bond with a cat better than anybody I've ever seen. And that's just bottom line. And uh, in the end, that cat gets a new lease on life. Nothing's ever biting him. No, nothing's trying to lift him off the fucking ground again. You know, he doesn't have to be outside and all those elements and everything else. And it's just it's just a great feeling knowing that you could do that for a cat that was running around outside for years and dodging predators and staying far clear of us as people. You know, he'd come within, uh, you know, five feet or a couple feet. You know, he, he'd come and he'd meow with certain people he knew would drop food for him and he'd wait till they walked away and he'd go eat the food. But he, you know, he wasn't you know, rubbing all over people or anything like that. So, you know, you, you contain that cat. Now you, you got a little bit of a risk to deal with and, but it, the reward at the end of that is, is everything. And, uh, so I'm, I'm just overjoyed to, you know, I'd put Smokey in a home and, uh, you know, it just, it just continues. They all fucking need me and I need them. This is my purpose in life. Yeah. You know, I found this and, you know, I'm not, I, I can't fix a car. I can't even drive a fucking car. And uh, and it comes down to it, you know, I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm, I'm not just naturally talented at this or that. But I've heard a lot of times that with cats, you know, oh, oh shit, you have a calling, man. Like, this is, oh, man, you have a gift. Heard this a lot. And, it's, you know, this isn't a gift that comes with financial gain. This doesn't, this doesn't fucking put me in a, in a comfortable situation financially. It never will. But it's something that, you know, like, I grew up being picked on. I never fit in any group. I was Rudolph without the fucking nose. And, you know, I've lived that shit throughout. And it wasn't until I got into this job 20 years ago now that, just about 20 years ago, um, that I really got it. I, I figured it out. This is This is my purpose. And these cats... You know, I've been discarded and thrown away by so many people and, and just didn't fit in. I wasn't any type of accepted. Uh, didn't feel wanted in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? And when I, I found this connection with cats, these motherfuckers look at me like I'm the answer to their fucking life. And when I realized that I am and so much of what I can do changes their entire world then that there's there's no maybes about it this this is my purpose this is it this is why you know i could look at my kids proudly because you know i i have something to show them i have something to pass on and say this was my legacy you can you know maybe not find your way into some career that you know puts you on the path to some kind of riches and this and this, but if you can find something you're passionate about that when you're gone, your kids can look back and say, my dad took care of fucking business with that. He loved what he did and lives were saved because of him. You know, that, that's something I could be fucking proud of. And I never have a, a question of what I, I would be doing other than this. Cause there is nothing there. There is nothing. This is, this is what it is. So, that's just, you know, one of many, many examples over 20 years of what I do and, and how I do it, you know. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I think I hit all the plugs earlier. 
sorry, struggling with Sozio. I, I don't know if I hit him earlier, but he's still struggling. Uh, <laughs> check him out. Uh, it's my guy, uh, and Shaheen, obviously. I mean, it, you know, this dude's still doing the recording for me. My computer's still on the fucking floor. I haven't shipped this fucking thing. Uh, Ruckus could have moved by now. I'm supposed to send him this fucking computer. He could, he could live in Japan, and I wouldn't know the difference. I'd be sipping it, shipping it to an empty household. So I'm definitely going to have to check in with him again before I ship anything out. I gave enough time for people to leave residence, you know between when i was supposed to ship it so yeah you know it is what it is but um eventually i'll get this shit out but in the meantime shaheen's been holding it down fucking recording any fucking night that i i want uh pretty much at will he's coming up with the topics for me all of this um can't thank him enough if you're a fan of this fucking show definitely fucking hit him up throw him a thank you get some of his art you know go get him a you know, a commission, uh, you know, have him do something up for you. He does everything. So anything that's your favorite, you'd like, you know, some sort of picture of, you know, do that, you know, as a thank you to me, you know, from me, you know, for doing what he's doing. And and overall, I mean, uh, like I said, you enjoy this show. He's a big part of why it's happening right now. So big shout out to the homie. So, yeah, I think that's all I got. And I'll check you out next week and shit. Peace.